we were both seeing an increased issue with drugs and mental instability and what we call in Portland homelessness. But mm-hmm. the problem is much more pervasive than just being homeless. There's a there's a solution at, somewhere in the mix of wanting to help, and we didn't see how we could do that on the street. Right. And so this next level was to get involved with UGM, who had a great program and allowed Paula to take her passion and her experience and, and employ it directly without a whole lot of creativity, just come in and be enthusiastic and tell people um, how great it is to run and walk. And, and that's been two and a half years of really impressive yeah. um, transformation for a lot of these guys. From the studios of Kink Radio, it's the Portland 50, a podcast series about the people who dreamt, built, and championed the innovation, growth, and uniqueness of Portland. The Portland 50 series is brought to you by Jaguar Land Rover Portland. One company, two iconic brands. Jaguar Land Rover Portland is a Don Rasmussen company, the legendary Portland institution serving our community since 1950. I'm your host, Peggy LaPointe. Today, I talk with Paula and Dave Harkin from the Portland Running Company. Paula and Dave are running ambassadors and founded Run With Paula events. They created the Hippie Chick and Halvisha Half Marathons and now run Bridge of the Goddess and Newport Bay to Brews Half Marathons. And this year, they're organizing the Portland Marathon that they've dubbed Portlandathon. Well, I think at the beginning, I went to the University of Oregon and ran there. I walked onto the team and I was, a, I guess, what would be considered like a mediocre racer by their standards <laughs> so I knew I wouldn't be you know a professional runner right. but I loved the sport and um, I taught a little bit of high school and some test prep stuff figured out that wasn't what I wanted to do and so I got a job in a specialty running store in Seattle and it felt like it was an extension of what I my passion for running and also my passion to sort of teach and consult yeah. and so that led me down here to Portland Running Company and it was a perfect match because it's kind of a fun job where I get to talk about running and walking and fitness and I get to do some business stuff and it really was like fundamentally the best job I'd ever even thought I could possibly conceive of having. Because it's not just a, a shoe store. It's not just, you know, for runners and walkers to come in, buy shoes, buy socks, buy other items to go along with their passion. It's, you guys are educators. You guys get in there and help them with every sort of element of their hobby. Yeah, I think I'm sort of the technical assist, and Paula's sort of the hope seller. So she can take somebody and convince them they can run a half marathon in about two minutes, and then I can maybe help them along the way with some good shoes and socks and maybe a couple tips on how to train. So we have a partnership that is sort of two-pronged offense, you know, Mm -hmm. where we take people and, and give them this opportunity to join in the sport if they haven't tried it right. and then also sort of this safety net to say well if you do decide to run or walk we have all these great tools and even last night out at a dinner our waitress said i really should start thinking about running my knees kind of sore and by the time we left she was going to visit the store and she's going <laughs> to sign up for hippie chick or, or sign up for um goddess goddess yep. bridge oh, of the yeah, goddess yep. yeah so she was but you know in half an hour she was yeah, suddenly she was on board exactly I-, I like to think of the store as a clubhouse and I think it's where our community intersects. Yeah. And I think that's a, it's special. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a special community. It's a meeting place. Yeah, it sort is. Of. Yeah. And even prior to the founding of the store, you had uh, the year before, was it 1999? Uh, Run with Paula events right. that you uh, started. Mm-hmm. I did. I started Run with Paula. It was actually my email address. I just one night was trying to come up with a good email address because I started coaching and 
I really loved running and everything was taken. <laughs> it was like running girl, taken. <laughs> and so I just kept trying and so, weirdly it turned out to be run with Paula. Yeah. And then and then as I developed these races, um, it was run with Paula events. And so it just kind of took on a life of its own. I sometimes wonder, like, Dave's like, you, you know, run with Paula. I'm like, it's not a big deal. And then, so now here it is like 18 years it's later. A big deal. And it's pretty fun. Yeah. <laughs> Where did your passion for running come from? Was it, you know, high school, college sort of thing as well? You know, actually, I I took up running when I was maybe like 20 years old. Okay. And I was uh, working in an office building, and there were some ladies that, that ran. And so we just ran at lunch. And I remember just being able to run a mile, and I was so excited. <laughs> I did more like dance and gymnastics and yeah. cheerleading in high school. And so um, I carried that to when I went to school. But... Uh, running, there was just something special, and I had it, and I knew it, and I wanted to share it, and mm-hmm. especially with women and how they could fit it into their lives and make 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 something happen with that. Like they're they get excited. And you have little kids, you need something like that, and it's just it's a message I have in my heart, and mm-hmm. I really love to share it. Yeah, when you become sorry, Dave, when you become a mother, all of a sudden. There's no time for anything. Nope. And that's where I did walking. I'd walk yep. the stroller with my son and, you know, we'd walk up to Mount Tabor and and it was the best way to sort of fit it in right after he was born. Even if I was only walking six blocks to the coffee shop, I had to get out of the house and do something. Totally. And so I see what you're saying with running just fits in with women, not necessarily mothers, but women in particular who usually don't take time out for themselves to make themselves healthier. That's very true. Yeah. Uh, so the Run With Paula events, you know, you got the email. When did sort of the event aspect of it start happening and why? So um, I was involved in a uh, training program called Portland Fit. Mm-hmm. And um, so I was in that program and then I was co- I, I ended up coaching that program. And we went to uh, Vancouver to do a race and as a group. Yeah. And um, I think that they, they had run out of water and it, it just, there was no ceremony in it. Right. And I was like, you know, my people have been training. And so I, I was like, you know, I, I think I can do this. Mm-hmm. And I really wanted to do it. And I, I was excited to maybe be able to bring something to the table, some, some exclamation point to the training. And yeah. so that's where my first big event, which was ended up being the Helvetia Half Marathon, started. I went to school at Hillsborough yeah. High School. So, and then I actually worked at the tavern for one day <laughs> because I, it was, it's a funny story. I don't need to bore you with it, but it ended with um, these men sitting around a pool table with plywood on it, um, sitting on like pickle buckets tipped upside down, having a jumbo burger eating contest. And so they would, you know, try to, and it was smelly and hot and they were maybe not keeping it down. And so it was like, I'm like, um, I think I'll go work at somewhere else. This might not be the best place for me. Right. <laughs> but I ended up loving it. And so when it came time to think about where would I want to put on a half marathon? Mm-hmm. And so I went and met with the owner of the tavern and he, he was great. And we just, he said, if we're going to do this, let's do it right. Mm-hmm. And we did. I can't imagine putting together an event like this. That's not my skill set. How did you go from participating and being active in these events to going, I can do it, and here's how I'm going to go ahead and set that up? 
I mean, what what was your background? Did you have a planning, any sort of background behind this or just <laughs> yeah, just the wonder. determination and the passion to do it? Yeah, I think that I'm um, I'm kind of a connector. I, I feel like I'm organized and I, I can see forward and what I need to get done. And I mean, I went to school and as a business major. And so I, I don't know, I just kind of felt like it was like kind of like maybe all of my universe kind of pulled together to mm-hmm. it was just my path and yeah. so I was able to to visualize it mm-hmm. and then break it down into pieces and so yeah it's scary like yeah. it's so scary because you're putting everything on the line every single thing yeah. and then why did I pick Rome with Paula you know it has to have my name on it so now <laughs> I really have to do it right so you had uh, with Rome and Paula uh, events that you started Hippie Chick Half Marathon Helvetia Half Marathon and Pints to Pasta, which are all pretty well-known in this area. Yeah. Uh, in 2013, you sold the races to the Hood to Coast series. How long were you out of it before you started putting together some more events? Oh, my goodness. Um, I, I love the Hood Two minutes. <laughs> two minutes. About two minutes. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, my, my children were getting ready to go to college, and so I was worrying mm-hmm. about, you know, being retired, and so I had to, I had to keep going. But yeah, so it wasn't long, and I I had a non compete, so I couldn't be in um, Washington um, or Clackamas or Multnomah County. Okay, and so I just kind of pushed out and tried to think about you know what I would want to do if I was a runner and maybe a destination race, which is where Bridge of the Goddess came came in. But yeah, I just kind of pushed pushed out, and it was it's hard. It's hard to start a brand new event. Well, and because I'm thinking that. Yes, you have areas in which you like to run, and you probably, I'm guessing, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you probably went out and ran around those areas trying to think of a course. But did anyone, were you seeking also input from other people to go, if we go this way, should we turn right down this road, or would it be, you know, because you have to figure out the race route. Yeah, and you how do. how that works. Um, and I have Dave, which is very lucky, because he, he runs with me, and, and we, we, we have time to sit around and discuss this stuff, but... Yeah. But I'm kind of particular about what I want to do with a race course. I really just have kind of like a gut feeling of what I like. And I don't really shy away from challenges. I don't try to make a flat course. I try to make an interesting course. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that's that's come, I think that's kind of my signature, wouldn't you kind of say? Uh, Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I always joke around that I would make a 5K with like three turns, very flat (laughs) and very boring and really fast. Uh And it would, there'd be like 14 guys that would come run it and we'd high five at the end and that'd be the end of that event. (laughs) And Paula, we can be running along and she'd go, how about up that trail? And it can be straight up. And I could think to myself, I would never want to, oh, this is pretty great up here. (laughs) And before we get done with a sort of a route preview, she has taken and molded a pretty creative course that I think has been really, everywhere we go, it's really pleasing. People like the way the courses are set up and they really like the start finish areas. But I think it's just been a really cool thing to watch Paula pick and choose streets and byways and trails that maybe wouldn't come together in somebody Mm -hmm. else's imagination. Right. So it's not just your runner's background. There's, you have sort of that instinctual what you would want. And it just so happened that's what a lot of other people, well, maybe except Dave. (laughs) <laughs> at first. I'm fully supportive. It's <laughs> not quite as creative. That's he not might true. not have initially gone up that hill, but afterwards it was good. Yeah. So now uh, Independence Day, 10K, uh, Bridge of the Goddess, which you mentioned, the half marathon, and the Newport Bay to Bridges half marathon are those those new events that you created, uh, like you said, outside the Tri-County area. How do you find time for all that? Well, you know, my, my kids... Um, 
Josh and Josie, they they are both, you know, living their lives out. They, I'm an empty, we're empty nesters oh, okay. now. And so it gives us, think about, you know, all those years of coaching. My daughter played volleyball, my son played golf and going, 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 going. Mm-hmm. And then now they're doing their lives. You know, I still get to talk to them and see them a lot. But, you know, you, there's there's just time you have now. And so being an empty nester, you have all this time to think and do and, and make things happen. But I really like, I, I really like it. Mm-hmm. And so no matter what we're doing, we're always talking about work, wouldn't you say? <laughs> I would, although I do want to recall one year that Paula had that she called the year of no. And that might be coming back again sometime in the near future, depending on how busy we get. Right. Her year of no was fantastic because she's basically started the her premise to every interaction of a potential uh, race or opportunity was no. Hmm. And because we were just full. We right. were full of stuff. I, I was. It was fun because I said, somebody go, hey, can you volunteer for this? And I would go, oh, it's my year of no. And they would go, oh, good. Got Perfect. it. I totally got that. Yeah. So that yeah. might be that might be part Coming. of 2019 right. or 2020, depending on how, how this. Uh, what brought on the out. year of no? Just you had so much. Yeah, it was. Uh, we I I like doing things. Yeah. And so you know, my daughter's playing volleyball, and so I was like, they were like, do you want to be the treasurer? I mean, sure. And then you know, my, do you want to coach your son's you know whatever basketball? Yep. I Don't do. forget about the condo board of directors. So. Oh yeah, that. And then so I just said yes all the time, and then and then you know it gets stressful. Yes, it does. And it's easy to say yes when somebody needs something and you can do it. Mm-hmm. And so um, I just said, you know what? It's going to be my year of no. Note to self. I think 2019 is going to be my year of it, no. The weirdest thing is people understand it. Yeah. They're like, no, it's just my, you don't need yeah. to make up a reason. It's just, no. it's my year it's of my no. my year of no. I think that's perfect. <laughs> well, one thing you did not say no to uh, since 2009, you've run at least one continuous mile every day. I have. Which is pretty awesome. And uh, so that's nine and a half years uh, an average of seven miles a day. Was that, when you started off, was that a conscious thing is, yes, my life is full, but I need to be doing this at least once, at least one mile a day, just so I can sort of clear my head or be be even or or what was it? So I just really believe in the power of exercise, whether, whether it's walking or running yeah. and doing something for yourself. It's kind of like that, you know, when you're on the airplane, you have to put your own o- oxygen mask on first. Um, and so I thought, you know what? I can run a mile a day. Yeah. I can. And so I wanted to try it for one year. And I wanted to make that commitment to myself because I was so busy with everything. And I yeah. and usually when you get out there and you start doing it, you're, you're probably going to go more than a mile. Right. So that was my commitment to myself. And it just carried it carried forward. And so people say, you know, my friend Scott always says, I told you running was bad for your knees. And so here I am still doing it. I told you that streak was going to be bad for you. It wouldn't last. And then so we still laugh about it. But um, it is a commitment to myself. And it's also a commitment to um, what I believe in. Mm-hmm. And so if, I'm, if I can do it, if I can do a mile a day, anybody can. Yeah. Whether it's walking or running. Or I know some people have just exercise streaks as well. So, yeah. But, you know, I like to walk the walk. Yeah. And, you know, I've had issues and troubles and you know, Achilles tendon itis and hamstring pulls and pneumonia. And, you know, it's just a commitment. And right. so right. I, I like it. It feels good. It does feel good. It felt weird not walking today or riding my bike. We were just talking about this before the before the microphones came on. I, I've committed myself this year to walk and bike as much as possible to and from my jobs. And I walked yesterday and smoke. I mean, how many days this summer we've had of smoke? And I went home and my chest 
didn't feel right, my lungs, my throat. I just felt awful. And so it was a big decision for me not to do something today, um, even though I walked half a mile from the bus stop. So that was that. Right. You know, so at least I'm like, okay, I'm walking from the bus stop and that right. sort of thing. But it's... But you still walked. I still and you walked. Use public transportation, right? And you, and right. you're making a conscious decision yeah. why you're not doing it that right. day. It was, and you still did something. I so. Still did something. But I still feel guilty because yeah, I know. because once you get <laughs> into that mode, it's true, you just realize how much better you feel, and you're like, dang it, I'm not going to do it today. And now I, you know, and you have you're sort of beating yourself up, but it's like no. In the long run, it's best if I only walk a mile instead of right. the four miles usually that it takes me to get to work. That's right. Yeah. Um, you know, that's a that's a long way to walk to work, four miles. It's great. Do and you love it? I do. I, I'm not a runner, and I, I know I'm saying this to the folks at the Portland Running Company. It's never been something that feels right to me, but walking has always felt right to me. I can walk. I, we'll talk about that marathon later, but two years ago, my brother and I, uh, we wanted to walk the half marathon but we couldn't fit that day into our schedule. So we created the LaPointe Half Marathon and we did a route and we did a half marathon just on our own. That is amazing. And it amazing. was fun. And you know, I'm like, okay, this is, this is kind of our own little deal, right. but it was good. So yeah, walking has always been a time for me to clear my head and to think and to just, even though it takes so much longer, I always feel better after I do it. It's amazing. So, yeah. You know, walking is, I always say this, we have lots of folks that come and walk in our events and our, you know, they come to our store and I, I mean, they're tough as nails. <laughs> running, running is over quick. Yeah. You know, walking, it takes a long it's time. A it's a time commitment. It is. You know, for that four miles, it's an hour. Right. It's an hour you have to commit. Uh, occasionally, I've been able to walk to and from work. That's eight miles. That's a lot of and miles. It, it feels good. But my boys are older now. So yeah. they're not quite, I'm not at your stage yet. Mm -hmm. They're 12 and almost 16. But once they got a little older, I'm like, okay, I can stretch this out and I can do. So when you're talking about that empty nester and time to think, I'm like, oh, that's right. I'll have time to think. Yeah, you will. <laughs> it's funny. The kids don't, when they're little, they're like on the, on the porch with a stopwatch waiting for you to get back. All right, great. Let's do something. Yes. And as they get older, it seems like they might even want you to stay away longer. Right. So what are you doing home you so might soon? Be able to, <laughs> you might be able to see a back and forth walking uh, pattern in no time. In no time. Uh, I want to ask you, because as a walker uh, in Portland, and I've been in Portland for a long time, there are a lot of events. Um, I admire, I have a lot of friends who run who are uh, participating in your activities and other runs throughout the area. Is it my imagination or does Portland sort of attract runners or when people move to Portland do they become runners is is it more prevalent here than in other parts of the country um, I think it's probably two answers one is I think a lot of people move to Portland because it has a reputation for being recreational and yes. fitness minded and we have a great weather pattern too aside from the smokiness right it's almost always a weather pattern that you can go out and exercise especially walking yeah. hiking and running so I think people move to Portland sometimes specifically for that sort of lifestyle upgrade. But I do meet a lot of people in Portland Running Company who walk in and say, I moved here and my boss, sister, secretary, husband, brother convinced me to run a marathon. <laughs> and we're like, well, have you ever run before? <laughs> I have not. Yeah. And so Portland, I think, has a sort of infectious feel to it, especially if you go down to the, like the running centers, like down on the waterfront. Yeah. You There's can't not see it. There's an enthusiasm mm -hmm. for, you know, uh, Shamrock Run, the first big event of the year. Everyone's super excited. It and is. 
weeks and months leading up to it, they're training for the Shamrock Run. And, and you're right, coming from the Midwest, where the winters are such that, you know, you're walking through feet of snow just to get anywhere. Even in the winter, I can walk mm-hmm. uh, and you can run and it's not horrible. You know, you can at least get out for a little bit. So it's true. It's, there are very few days when it's so horrible that you just can't get out and do something. Right. We have a saying, we say there's no bad weather, just bad clothes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's definitely true. When you have people come into the store and they're not runners, what are some of their first questions to you? Um, there's a lot of questions. Yeah. So I think the probably the most common thing is people walk into Portland Running Company and they declare that they're not runners like... Like I did. It's just a <laughs> collegiate major. I'm not a runner. And I think what we look at is a couple of things. I mean, if you're moving forward mm-hmm. uh, spiritually, physically, whatever, we're into that goal. Like you're going forward, we're going to get behind you. So the most common questions are, how do I get started? Um, I think if people want to get started, they also are interested in, in how fast how far, how often. And those are the kinds of things that we can help with because we see, much like a clinic would see patients, we see you know thousands of people who have the same questions. So commonly people will ask, how do I get started? Or mm-hmm. how can I stay injury free? And so we start with equipment. Yeah. And we start with a gait assessment. We watch people walk and run and, and kind of break down their sort of habits. And then we start matching them up with a cool product that we think will help them avoid injury. And then also a lot of our staff members or coaches or uh, definitely consultants yeah. um, will give people guidelines like, hey, if you're going to start off, why don't you try two or three days a week, maybe two days of just walking, one day of running, or if you're set on running, maybe try to run, walk first. And mm-hmm. then we also recommend places to go to mix it up because we know that we, there's treasures around here that people do not get to go see if they're not actually moving yeah. uh, with a purpose. So yeah. You're not going to go up to, like Laura McClay to the Stone House if you're not thinking hike. But if you're going for a run or a, a deliberate walk, you can get up and back and you know, half an hour. Right. So it's an opportunity to sort of get to see places that are a little bit deeper in the uh, backdrop of Portland than just right on the surface. Yeah. When you when you start out, what are some of the runs that you recommend for folks who are just starting out? I mean, are there any particular areas and trails that you say, why don't you try this? I, there, are, there are a couple. Yeah. So I, I'm kind of specific. I mean, I've had a lot of experience, but I'm also, I like running in loops. I like running in circles, basically. So uh, what does that no, say? a <laughs> lot of people want to just go out and maybe a track runner. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but Lower McClay and uh, Leif Erickson, yeah. uh, Wildwood Trail, yeah. ways to get to those are pre- there's some pretty cool ways to get to them and actually experience it without having to go very far. Um, and then there's some other ones that are pretty epic, like Council Crest. Yeah, that you can go from Dunaway Track up to Council Crest is only like two miles, and it is a long and arduous. Two miles, but at the top, you get to see... You've got the beautiful view. Yeah, and you have some history up there, and it's really cool. Um, there's a park called Mary S. Young, which is bark, so it's cool to get on a trail that's kind of softer and level, and you recover faster, and it gives you a different kind of set of... a different experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the waterfront. I think we forget yeah. that if you didn't grow up in Portland or d- you haven't lived here for a while, the bridge loop between the Tillicum Crossing now and Steel Bridge is yes. the best four miles probably in the country for urban mileage it's beautiful it's non-automobile um it's you get to see a ton of stuff and it really is like where everybody goes so yeah. if you haven't done that loop if you come in and you haven't walked across the hawthorne bridge or you haven't done the the river loop as we call it the 
Hawthorne to Steele, then that's the first place you should go. Yeah, we did in our half marathon, the LaPointe half marathon, Steele to Tillicum. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it was, an, it was beautiful. It is just, it's fantastic. Yeah. Going that's over the bridges, so when you're walking o- or running over the bridges, you just get a whole different perspective. It's so beautiful. Yeah, you can pause and just, you know, and it's long enough that, and every time I'm walking over the Hawthorne Bridge, I'm constantly looking around because you can. Uh, yes. And that's what I love about it. Yeah. Um, I got to ask you, how have you talked to runners in these conditions with the smoke? Uh, I have a feeling this is not the last year. You know, this is what we're in for each summer. How do you, how, first of all, how, what do you guys do? And then when you have folks coming to you for advice, what do you tell them? So I have been running um, anyway. Yeah. And it, I don't think it's bothered me that much. I'm not super sensitive and I, I don't have asthma. Um, and I think that people that have those issues, they, you know, it's extremely difficult yeah. for them to be outside in that. Um, Dave has actually been, even been feeling well because of that, the smoke yeah. while you're running. Yeah, I think so. I think it's, it's getting to me a little bit more. And also the more I read about it, the more I start to feel the symptoms. <laughs> this little psychosomatic reaction. Uh, but we recommend, you know, lowering intensity. Mm-hmm. I've read a few things like uh, running, especially you can breathe 10 to times more air than you would if you were just out walking or, or sitting. Yeah. And so that's 10 to time times more Particul- particulates. And, and, and you're also breathing them in more deeply, the higher intensity. And those kinds of things, it, it starts to sound and feel granular. Like that's not supposed to be going into your body. Right. Uh, you look at the clean air quality, air quality website to get... A rating, and I've learned a little bit about that. I think over 150 is really when pretty much no one should be running. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you haven't looked at that, you can just type I in air quality in Portland. I get it on my phone and, all the time. It'll oh, give nice. me, well, it'll give me alerts. Yeah, it's we really, me alerts. We really want to see that numbered below 100, yeah. even when it's smoky, to be a place where most people can go out and not have a, an impact. And, and the number should be under, you know, it should be really low. Yeah. So you're right about the, and also the pattern. We're this is the second summer we've had to deal with smoke nearby. Yeah. And if that continues, then it's going to make August and September a little less desirable than it used to be where we all go out in the rainy weather all year waiting for August and September right. as our reward. Right. And now it's you know smoky and it's not that great. Yeah. So. But we also recommend exercise indoors mm-hmm. as an alternative. So yeah. yeah. Indoors, no. And we also read a little bit about masks now. You can obviously wear a mask. Uh, I read a great quote yesterday, though, from a coach that said, if the smoke is bad enough that you feel like you need to wear a mask, it's probably bad enough that you should find some other activity (laughs) until the smoke goes away. So, you know, you could take an opportunity during the smoky time to work on your core or work on your flexibility and strength and do some things that are, uh, especially for runners, things that we kind of ignore. Right. You know, you go out and you run and then you get back and you get your clothes and you go back to work and that's your exercise. And we think maybe you can cut your running down and do some, you know, Planks. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> do some <laughs> do some pull-ups. Do something. Something. Do have some ice cream. Yeah. No, but it's true. I'm not particularly sensitive to these things, but yesterday it really, it did really hit me. And I, the problem is I keep telling myself to walk slower, but I'm a fast walker by nature. You're listening to Kink's Portland 50 series. I'll continue my conversation with Paula and Dave Harkin in a moment, but I wanted to thank our sponsor, The Portland 50 series is presented by Jaguar Land Rover Portland. One company, two iconic brands. Jaguar Land Rover Portland is a Don Rasmussen company, the legendary Portland institution serving our community since 1950. Now back to my conversation with Paula and Dave Harkin from the Portland Running Company. 
Paula and Dave are running ambassadors and founded Run With Paula events. They created the Hippie Chicken Halvisha Half Marathons and now run Bridge of the Goddess and Newport Bay to Brews Half Marathons. And this year, they're organizing the Portland Marathon they've dubbed Portlandathon. Talking about marathons uh, and your history, you've got 35 marathons. Is it more than that now under your belt? I, I, I want to say I wish I knew exactly because I, I really knew for a long time and now I think I think I'm about that about maybe there. a couple more 35 ish yeah all right five Boston marathons yep uh were you there for the yeah yep what was that like that was hard yeah yeah we uh, we were we were actually in a hotel right at the finish line called the Lennox and it is situated our window is situated so that when you look out the window, you actually are looking at the finish line. Mm. And so Dave had finished the marathon that year. I think he ran, what, like 235 or something like that. So he was done. Yeah, We were up getting, he was showering and I was making him eat something because typically we go down to, to a place, a store uh, called Marathon Sports that is situated right at the finish line where actually the bombs actually went off. Yeah. And so we, over the years, have been there a lot because it's our friend that owns that, that mm. store. Um, and so um, we felt, you know, wow, wow, you know. And then it was just a, it was surreal yeah. watching and seeing from up there. And the smell, I'll never forget the smell because our window was open and it mm-hmm. smelled like sulfur coming in. And so we had to evacuate and then we had to go back and then we had to evacuate and our stuff, we didn't have our stuff and it was getting cold outside and yeah. we didn't know what to do and... It was scary. Yeah. 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 And have you run it since, Dave? Yeah, we went back the next year, Okay, actually. And that was, um, it was interesting because I think some people went, some people didn't get to finish that year. Yeah. You know, they got stopped at like 22 or 23 miles. Mm-hmm. And so when we went back, I think there was sort of a, maybe an attempt to heal or like to replace the memory. Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't really, it did a little bit. Yeah. But it was also a kind of post-traumatic stress opportunity as well. And, and that, uh, going back there is... Yeah, every time we've been back a couple times, and every time we go back, I it's still kind of um, in the back of my mind that it happened there. And here it sounds like the uh, like a dumpster yeah. lid slamming is a bad sound for yeah. me even now. Yeah, even four years later, th- five years later, I hear it and I'm kind of wigs me out. And mm-hmm. yeah, it was it was really pretty scary, yeah. really vulnerable spot. I can't I can't even imagine. I mean, just watching it. It was on not TV good. Was, no, as a race director. Um, it, it gives me a really good perspective, though, and uh, as far as, like, our emergency uh, systems in place mm-hmm. and knowing this can actually really happen. Right. And so... And having to be... And now having to add that to the list of things you need to, I don't want to say plan for, but be prepared for. Definitely. Uh, unfortunately, it's now something that anyone who puts on an event has to keep in the back of their mind and have some sort of plan laid out. Yep. Uh, speaking of marathons, Run With Paula Events is going to be or is putting on the Portland Marathon, the Portlandia, Portlandathon. There we go. Uh, yep. Marathon. <laughs> and so I had been following this a little bit because I have a few friends who run the marathon here in town. And just a little background for folks who haven't been following it. In April, uh, the race was canceled. A lot of folks were upset. Board of Directors decided to dissolve the 47-year-old organization which was huge. The former event director was found to have illegally borrowed money from the marathon 
uh, and it sounds like there were problems even before that. Then the end of May, they opened up an application process for uh, folks to apply, a one-week process. Run with Paula was how many uh, organizations applied for this? Do you recall? Seven? I don't remember exactly how many. I think I heard it was under 10. Yeah. And Run With Paula Events was the only one that had all the experience needed to put on an event. So, first of all, what are you thinking when you're applying for it? (laughs) (laughs) I don't have enough to do. This is no longer my year of no. (laughs) It was was not the year of no. It was a year of yes. I actually have a friend. His name is Brett Joyce, and he owns Rogue. And we're Mm -hmm. friends, and we run together. And he said to me, why would you want to do it? And I loved it because I was questioning, you know, should I should I put my name in mm-hmm. the hat? And he's like, well, why would you want to go? I, I can do it. Yeah. And so he's like, well, what, why? And I said, well, because it's a challenge. Yeah. And I I feel like if somebody can bring it this year, that it could be me, and I could maybe do a great job. And so he was like, he helped me answer whether I wanted to do or not, and I really liked that. Um, but, uh, he um was great in that. But um, so I submitted, and um, and I'm. I'm answering these questions and I and I was like, you know, I I have all I can say yes to all of these. Yeah. And so I was waiting and, you know, excited but didn't know. I mean, there you know, there's a lot of great companies in right. town that could do this. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, boom, you've got it. And then 4 months you have to put this together. Yeah. Luckily, the the race route is the same. So that took something off your plate that you didn't have to plan for. And even though I would imagine, I think just the what 36 minutes we've been talking you probably would like to take a look at the route it was nice to have that off your plate and go okay these are the things I have to take care of in four months that's right so what have the last let's see June July August three months been like oh boy um well you know I have other events as well yeah (laughs) and we just started um the Beaverton half marathon this year which happened two days after they announced me. And mm-hmm. so it was an interesting time, but I just had to to chunk it down in pieces. And they told me and I was excited and it has been every day, every single day, and pretty much all day. I don't know about you, but when something is on your mind, it's hard to sleep. Yes. And then you have to, but I, you know, I just get up and, and uh, write things down and Sometimes I work at four to five and then go back to sleep because I'm like, I could just get a few things done. <laughs> but it's a big, giant puzzle for me. And I wake up and I'm excited to see what I got done overnight. It's a slow moving train. Yes. Moving all these parts into the correct direction and making it, make it all come together. Every piece of it. Every, a lady emailed me yesterday asking me about the Clydesdale division. And I was like, Clydesdale division? I... It was so important to her. Yeah. And I said to her, you know what? I have been so busy. I have not thought about that. How important is this to you? And she said, are you serious? It's so important. And she sends me back these plaques, you know, and she said, you know, I'm the person that's out there that is not the skinny runner Mm -hmm. and not the fast walker. And I am the person that is being motivated by being in that division. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, ah, I got to do it. Just a little background. My husband races cyclocross. And they have a Clydesdale division, so I know what you're talking about. Explain the Clydesdale division. So it is... Clydesdale and Athena. And Athena, Athena. yes. Right. Her plaque said Clydesdale. Oh, did it? Yeah, really? so I don't okay. know if they have a women's Clydesdale and a m- men's Clydesdale, but um, and a Bonnie Dale, I think that's another name for okay. it. But um, And Athena, 
you're so right. But hers, I think it did say Clydesdale. But anyway, um, it's 180 pounds and yeah. over. Yeah. And um, she said, I feel so good when I'm coming in and I'm finishing this race. And people yeah. wonder if I could even go one mile Absolutely. and I'm doing a marathon. Absolutely. And it, it's like, I love you. I want to jump through this computer mm-hmm. and tell you how amazing you are. Well, yeah. she obviously knows. Yeah, she's got the plaques to prove it. Yeah, she's got the plaques to prove it. And I think it's, this is exactly why I do what I do. And so I have to, I've already been searching online today, this morning, to figure out how I can do that. And I know they can check in at the expo. And I think they have to actually step on a scale to make sure that Mm -hmm. that weight. I think they have a scale at the cyclocross race. They do. They have to. And then you get to be in that division. And so I've already emailed the ribbon specialties today. And, you know, there's just so so many pieces. That you're probably discovering Mm -hmm. every few days or hours <laughs> yeah so yeah it's fun it's yeah. exciting and I know I'm doing the right thing I know I'm doing what I love to do because I'm excited about it I don't feel like oh poor me or mm-hmm. oh this is so much work yeah I love I love every second of it oh good good and so I have most of the runs slash walks are on Sundays I work Sunday mornings here on the air so I don't get to participate in those so Tell me all of the things, all of the elements that you deal with. I remember years ago helping when Kink was involved in Shamrock Run, helping to get people registered and such. But how many different layers are you dealing with for this? So many layers. (laughs) But at least you have the experience with the other events. Oh, yeah. So these are probably overlapping in some ways. You know, um, when I put together a race called Pines to Pasta, it was Mm -hmm. downtown Portland, and it was such a great race, my probably my favorite. But all of the same um, players, all you know, we still I still get to work with Allison at the city and and Brett Barnum, and it's so fun because they know they know an ODOT, you know, yeah. like and Jim TriMet. Nelson and and TriMet yeah. and Streetcar yeah. and and so I know all the pieces, and yeah. it's it's just a matter of of putting them all in place. It makes it easier because you've been working with these folks for so many years that you come to the table and it's not for them somebody new going, oh, geez, we have to retrain them on all the things that they have to think about. Right. Anything new that you're bringing to the table this year? Well, Dave, I'll let you talk about the finish line. Yeah, I'm so excited because this the first thing that we looked at was how to make the event more kind of run with Paula-esque. Mm-hmm. And that includes the finish and after party. And so when you talk about layers, we want to make sure that we have all those I's dotted and T's crossed and all the permits in place. But we also want that participant experience to be awesome. Yeah. We want them to walk away and be like, oh my gosh, that was the best thing I've ever done. So the, for the price of a ticket, you can just go to the waterfront on Sunday morning, October 7th, and get a Stanford's breakfast uh-huh. and a rogue dead guy ale and a hit machine concert. Mm-hmm. So that's what you get when you do Portlandathon. Mm-hmm. And then you also get to race. Right. And so... We moved the starting and finish line down to Salmon Springs on NATO, mm-hmm. and the previous event had sort of finished up on Third and Justice Center, mm-hmm. generic um, place that I've done the race before, and I always wondered, where am I? Like, I've just finished on some block and not know where to go. <laughs> so we moved it down to World Trade Center Plaza mm-hmm. as a finish area. So if it's hot or cold, we have a great covered place. We've got a great concert, we've got great food, and we have like hundreds of volunteers there to just sort of catch you as you cross the finish line and we have a great uh, therapeutic associates partner and they're setting up like a recovery station with massage options and cold compress and i'll just come down for the consultation <laughs> so we want to make it sound like when you read like what do you get if you sign up yeah that even if you weren't 
a runner or walker or didn't even want to do anything, you might just sign up for that four-mile community river walk because yeah. the after party is going to be awesome. <laughs> and take a nice little short <laughs> morning walk and then hang around for um, spectating and, yeah. and celebrating. Yeah. yeah. You mentioned before we turn the microphones on uh, about green aspects you want to bring to the table for the marathon. Tell me a little bit about that because I don't know if for the marathon in the past they've had anything um, like that. And running... I, you know, it's that would be a hard element to add to an event um, because it's sort of a disposable event in some ways. Yeah, I think that's that's very true. And so it's just another piece. This is something that I'm learning a mm-hmm. lot about right now. Um, there is a gentleman I was I'm emailing with. His name is Calvin, and he's from the recycling uh, with the city program. Yeah. And um, you know, he there's a lot of docu- a lot of documents you can you can learn how to recycle. You can become a master recycler. I am a master recycler. <gasps> oh, I love you. <clears throat> yeah. I need, I'm going to need your help, actually. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's a great program, and there are lots of people wanting to help with these events. That's the great thing about it. It's it's yeah. it, it can make a really big difference. Yeah. So we have um, Liberty High School, which is a great high school, and they, I've worked with them a lot over the years. But they are our volunteers, and we're calling them the green team. And so part of having those recycling centers, uh, be, we're going to pick them up from the city, and they're divided into three, mm-hmm. trash, and then um, recycle, and compost. Right. And But you need somebody there that can help people. put. They'll just throw them in it everywhere. Uh, yep. And so so we're going to try to work on this program together and educate and, and work on that and deliver a good recycling plan. Neat. And then, of course, we want to have, everybody uses cups at the water station, but we want to have a self-serve cooler there as well so people can use their water bottles and Mm -hmm. fill up when they need to and carry their own. So just little things like that. Rogue, they have 100% compostable cups. Right. And so I like that. Just little things like that that you can look for and ask for. They're, They're out there. There are ways to green just about any event. And it, like I said, the Master Recycling Group, which I think now numbers probably in the thousands. Uh, there's a n- couple of new classes every year. They're looking for volunteer hours, and that's how they get their volunteer hours, by helping out in different with events. events. Yeah. Well, I would love to connect with them, and that's just yeah. one of the things I've just started, and I, I want to deliver on that. That's something I think I can do, and I like putting my energy towards that. Yeah, that's neat. Any other new items you want to bring to the marathon? I think... I mean, the the main thing is we're trying to replace and revive the spirit. I mean, the spirit of the marathon was so intact for so long and then really got tarnished over the last couple of years. Yeah. So bringing back that that marathon feel and that successful opportunity, you know, is is the main thing. It's not a it's not a fundamentally um, something you can hold in your hand. It's more mm-hmm. of a spirit. And I think that's our main push. We need to get registrations. We need mm-hmm. to get people to come out. That's kind of the bottom line is if we get that, then everything works. But, yeah, beyond that, we want we want that experience to be really cool and positive and a m- little more Portland-specific. So we're trying to make sure that when people come from out of town, they get to see and experience Portland. Well, and the logo. I read about the logo. Uh, how did that come about? That was a great story that's for, a great for story. Portland. Really good. Yeah. So um, my uh, graphics designer Heather Bauer um, she we were working together on a logo mm-hmm. and we kept coming back to Portlandia yeah and being a native Oregonian I remember when Portlandia arrived here mm-hmm. and you know coming down and it was a big deal yeah. 
And so, I mean, I came downtown Portland from Hillsboro. <laughs> that was a trek. And so, um, by stagecoach. <laughs> but it was very fun. And so I kind of just felt it. And I'm like, you know what? I, I just, and so she comes up with this design. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I love this. Mm-hmm. But we can't use it because it's a likeness yes. of the statue. And so I'm like, hmm, what am I going to do about this? And so I just email the gentleman. Um, Robert Caskey. Robert Caskey. Mm-hmm. And he he had an Earthlink email. And I was like, this guy is not going to get back to me. Because if you have Earthlink, that's pretty old it's school. AOL. And, you know, I knew some Earthlinkers. Yeah. And they didn't always answer their emails. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But um, so I'm like, oh, my goodness. And I think he lived back east. And so I'm like, maybe. And so then I email him again. And I don't, don't want to bug him. I'm kind of trying mm-hmm. to balance that out. And I was thinking I could maybe call so I did. I called and left him a voicemail and told him that I left an email and this is and I sent him my bio and what was happening in Portland. And people are like, there's no way. He doesn't let anybody use that. And so all of a sudden I get this email pop in my box and he's like, That looks good. Oh nice. Yes. Yeah, that's awesome. He just wanted me to 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 note that permission was given. Mm-hmm. And so so um, that led us to uh, the the poem that was written on the statue by Ron, Ron Telney. Yep, Ron Telney, mm-hmm. and he's local, mm-hmm. and he um, he wrote that poem, and it just it really made sense to me. The mm-hmm. poem it made me feel like that is the message, like coming back home. And when you read it, I won't spoil it because we've now we put it on the back of the medal, and oh, it's nice. so cool. Okay, and he said yes. Nice, and so. I feel like things were coming together. Yeah, they are coming together. Now, the one thing I did read about uh, the process that happened in May is that it's just a one-year thing. And then they're doing new applications for 2019. Have you decided yet whether you're going to apply for the next one? Well, we had to apply by May, I think it was 25th. Yes. For 2019 and beyond. Oh, okay. So you... So we did. You did. Okay. Yep. We okay. we did it kind of at the same time. We yeah. were doing both it, of those. It was about the same time. And so um, we turned in our application then. And I think there are there are quite a few really great companies that yeah. have applied to do that. And yeah. so um, I I think they're going to have to decide here in the next week or two. Oh is gosh! What before I, yeah. the next yeah for the marathon. Yeah. <laughs> and so. Um, you know, there's just some really big companies with yeah. some big money behind right. them. And so so what we try to always talk about, Dave, you're really good at, at this. You know, we're authentic and we're local and we're... <laughs> local but world-class. Yeah, yeah. That, that's, that's be, our message. There's this big overriding idea that to get a world-class marathon, you have to bring in some ambiguous world-class company that right. doesn't include, you know, a small local company. And mm-hmm. I, I think that's sort of crazy because I think we know what we're doing. And this year, Paula has proven to be a uh, you know, formidable person in terms of organization with the city and in a short time frame, turning yeah. something around that was really not great, taking a fairly negative thing and making it not only positive, but really successful. So yeah. we believe 2019, if we had the opportunity, it would be uh, a much more normal process. We'd have a full year at least right. to get ready. And, and uh, I think if we land that event for 2019 will be really (laughs) it'll be a much different experience because we'll be able to it'll be more look ahead and really see how we can tweak things like the course and and the uh participant experience but we we are 100 percent behind whoever receives that permit and we'll help them and and pass along any information we can to make it smooth transition so so as long as there's a marathon here we're happy right right because you're going to want to be part of it yep and this is 
you know, running is, is who you guys are. And speaking of which, one more thing I want to bring up before um, we finish up today. And that is something that you started, Paula, a couple of years ago, a running club with the United uh, Union Gospel Mission. You got the interest of men in the Life Change Recovery Program and have them running. And this started, I think, if I'm not mistaken, you had been volunteering at the Union Gospel Mission. Well, actually, I was volunteering for the yep phone bank. Yep, the yep. King, and we right downstairs. Yep. Right downstairs, our our um, our radiothon. Yep. Yeah, and so something went off, and you said, "Hmm." I did, and I said yes, and I meant it. Yeah, and I was I was all in. Yeah, and I just woke up, and I'm like, you know what? I have shoes, and I have clothes, and I have energy, and I have friends, and I want to do something like this, and mm-hmm. so. We, I went to the mission and the Union Gospel Mission, and I met with Bill Russell, who I love. He's so such an inspiring man, and he's like, "Yeah, let's do this." And so, we started. Dave, we brought his bag of shoes and uh, <laughs> bag of shoes, <laughs> boxes of shoes, and boxes and boxes of shoes. I think the uh, just to mention that you, we were both seeing an increased issue with drugs and mental instability and what we call in Portland homelessness, but mm-hmm. the problem is much more pervasive than just being homeless. There's yeah. a there's a solution uh, somewhere in the mix of wanting to help, and we didn't see how we could do that on the street. Right. And so this next level was to get involved with UGM, who had a great program and allowed Paula to take her passion and her experience and, and employ it directly without a whole lot of creativity, just come in and yeah. be enthusiastic and tell people um, how great it is to run and walk. And, and that's been two and a half years of really impressive yeah. um, transformation for a lot of these guys. Because the the solution to um, all the issues that you raise, there, there's not one. There's no. not two. There's not three. It's multi-layer. And part of it is giving confidence back to folks who have, you know, had a number of different setbacks and who are trying to turn things around in their lives. And one way to build confidence, we all know how good it feels to work out and how much better you feel about yourself. So how many folks have you seen participating in this? I think there typically are 40 men that live in the mission. Mm -hmm. And then there's the women's side as well, which I go and help. I I run with them in Beaverton once Mm -hmm. a month. I run with the men in the Life Change program every Monday. Mm -hmm. And then I serve, there's a breakfast we serve early to folks that need breakfast at the mission on Fridays, Friday yeah. morning. And so the fun the fun piece to that for me is that I get to run with them and then I get to work with them yeah. because they have to work there to mm-hmm. live there. It's a cashless society basically. And so they work and they're learning all these skills and then I get to be a part of that. And so we've built trust together yeah. and I've seen a probably 40 or 50 of them go through. Some of them don't stay. Some mm-hmm. of them stay. It can be up to a three-year program. And so the mission is helping them on so many levels because they get counseling. Mm-hmm. They get to learn how to resolve conflict because they're put in positions where they need, they, they're going to have to, they become, you know, supervisors of, yeah. uh, of the kitchen or of the thrift store. And so they're having to tell people, you know, you can't do this or you can't. And so they're learning these skills. Maybe that's part of why they couldn't survive in everyday society mm-hmm. because they, they didn't have that skill set. And now they're learning that and then they're running and they're building a community. Some of them walk, some of them run, but we set goals and mm-hmm. we've ran, you know, the starlight, we've ran the holiday half together, we've ran 
um, Sunset on the Corridor. We've and there's now they're they're training for Portlandathon. Yeah, and Port so Landathon. um, I feel I feel so touched, and I feel like they're my friends. Yeah, and um, I'm kind of like I. I want to say like a little bit of a motherly figure to them, I think, because I'm like, now, why would you do that? (laughs) They'll tell me their stories on the, you know, and so I'm like, nah, you no, 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 let's stay focused. Mm -hmm. And so, but I have, they have so much courage to be off the street and going through this program. It's not easy. No. And there are times when I'm like, you know, you just have to hang on. You got to hang on. Today's just, today's one day. And then they go run and they get to share and there's there's great things that happen to them as well, and then and then there's you know sad things that happen. And I, I will not lie, my heart has been broken there. Yeah. I've had to learn how to to um, know that that might happen. Yeah. And so, yeah. But there's so much joy and so much love. And I, I have a couple guys right now that are training. They're actually running for the marathon, and they've been training. And I come, and they're so excited to tell me and. And I'll see them out. I'm running, and yeah. they're running because they have to have um, they have accountability. They have to have someone with them all the time when yes. they're out. And so maybe Bart will be riding the bike while Brian is running, and they're like, "Hi!" And I'm like, "Hey!" <laughs> so I'm just like, "Oh my gosh!" I, it, it's just like I love them, yeah. and I'm so proud of them. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, the Portlandathon is coming up. Let's see. It's the end of August. We got a month and a half. Yep. October seventh. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, registration is still open, correct? Is yes. there a deadline? Uh, through the expo, right, which is October 5th and 6th at the okay. Hilton. So, so we won't have day of event registration. Fingers crossed. Yep. Fantastic event. Good weather. And maybe run with Paula events. Doing it next year. Thank you guys so much for coming into the studio. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining me for my conversation with Paula and Dave Harkin. If you've missed any of the previous podcasts, you can find them at our website at kink.fm. Be sure to like and subscribe to the Portland 50 podcast wherever you're listening. The Portland 50 is a podcast series celebrating Kink's 50th anniversary, and it's about the people who dreamt, built, and championed the innovation, growth, and uniqueness of Portland. The series is presented by Jaguar Land Rover Portland, one company, two iconic brands. Jaguar Land Rover Portland is a Don Rasmussen company, the legendary Portland institution, serving our community since 1950.